Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And what I want to talk about in this episode is uh, the continuation of the the First World War in the Baltic uh, states um, after the armistice in 1918. Um, And this war, this new theatre of war, really opens up between three parties between the um the, the new uh, nation the new national governments of the baltic states themselves um the red army and also what remained of the kaiser army the german kaiser army um at the end of the war which um took on a a fascinating new lease of life um, with the uh, guidance and say-so of the British. Uh, um, there's a lot of study done at the moment into the successor conflicts from the First World War, which, if you run a line really from Finland all the way down to um, Syria, there are uh, endless conflicts in the five years that um, follow um, 1918. Robert um, Gerwath, um, whose uh, book uh, The Vanquished I've recently been reading, one of the points that he makes is that as far as our historiography is concerned here in Great Britain or in France or in Germany or in the USA, the armistice that uh, ended the First World War in 1918 really should be seen as an armistice between uh, the the great powers. It was a, a great power ceasefire. Um, nationalist um, wars and civil wars, uh, revolutionary wars, and the uh, kind of revanchist wars of nations like Turkey and Greece 
continue throughout this period and are extremely bloody and within them are echoes of the future. Uh, A great many of these wars are waged primarily against civilians. They feature genocidal acts such as the uh, Armenian Genocide and the burning of the city of Smyrna. Um, And they are a a kind of an indication as to what will happen with conflict, not just in the Second World War, but throughout the rest of the uh, 20th century as these um, powers of uh, nation and revolution are unleashed and set on one another. So, after the hostilities had uh, finished on the 11th of November 1918, two days later, the Red Army, with support from Latvian Bolsheviks, marched into the uh, western borders of the former Tsarist Empire and their plan was to um, seize territory that had been uh, surrendered by Germany, uh, which Germany had annexed as a result of the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk in March 1918. The um, revolutions that were happening across uh, Central Europe in uh, Vienna and Budapest and Berlin and in Munich made Lenin think that possibly, just possibly, uh, the dream of exporting the revolution might still be alive. Uh, there was every evidence to suggest that this was uh, un- unlikely to happen, but Lenin knew that if Bolshevism was to survive at all, it needed to leave Russia's borders and uh, make it to the West. Otherwise, it would exist in some kind of zombie form within within Russia without the kind of necessary levels of industry and education to to sustain it. Um, Mutinous uh, German soldiers were leaving their garrisons and marching back to Germany, and the national armies that faced the Red Army um, were, uh, in the Baltic states, were particularly weak. Um, The Red Army quickly occupied Estonia and Latvia and seized Riga on January the 3rd, 1919, and um, they crushed um, Vilnius in Lithuania uh, five days later. Lenin was quick to bring revolutionary principles to these um, conquered states. And when the Soviets in Red Army invaded Poland in 1920, they were trying to uh, apply similar practices. Um, the uh, terror property of the middle classes was expropriated, was stolen, was taken in either by Red Army soldiers or redistributed to um, local peasants. Um, the revol- a revolutionary government in Estonia was established in the city of Narva, which uh, began to nationalise land. And the policies that had been implemented or had been started to be to be implemented into Russia to manage the food supply, what we roughly call war communism, are also introduced into the Baltic states. And the, when the starving peasantry protest, they are uh, met with brute force uh, and violence. The Baltic republics, uh, Baltic Soviet republics, quickly faced a violent counter-revolution. Um, an organisation, the Estonian People's Force, um, was overthrew uh, the uh, Estonian uh, Soviet Republic 
and the Latvian and Lithuanian Soviet republics were overthrown with some external help. Um, the problems um, that the Western Allies uh, were were faced with uh, in this part of the world were were immense. Not only were, did communism appear to be spreading, but the the British and the French um, preoccupied with um, the aftermath of the war were unable and indeed unwilling to uh, launch a new war in the Baltic. The uh, Allied invasion of Russia, which if, if initially had happened uh, in order to prevent Germany during 1918 from capitalising on territory and uh, infrastructure that the um, Red Army had now abandoned or that the um, the Tsarist government, um, which now ceased to exist, had retreated from. This um, became, obviously, in the um, imagination of Churchill, an anti-communist crusade. But it was very controversial. The uh, British and the French, uh, even if they weren't ardent supporters of Lenin, didn't wish to see a new theatre in war uh, open up. They wanted to see an end to hostilities, and they didn't want to see Britain uh, and France going to war in, in Russia in, uh, in, in earnest. So sending armies to the, the Baltics was politically untenable. However, the new German government, after uh, the um, German Revolution, under Friedrich Ebert, um, was approached by the Western Allies um, on the understanding uh, that a cooperative Germany might not do too badly at the Paris Peace Conference, though this obviously wasn't the case at all. Um, the Allies approached Friedrich Ebert and asked him whether he can delay the withdrawal of troops from the Baltics, as it is not in the interests of the British or the French or the new democratic Germany to see them fall to communism. Before the fall of Riga on the 29th of December 1918, the Latvian government, um, with the help of Britain, called for the creation of a Baltic German anti-communist army that would uh, defend um, the region from, uh, the, uh, from the, the new Soviet regime. This force, when it emerged, was uh, composed of ethnic German minorities um, from um, the Baltic states, along with reinforcements from Germany. Um, the German 8th Army, which is still present, present in the Baltics, um, and uh, volunteers formed uh, the Iron Division, uh, which was uh, a group of about 16,000 soldiers. The division was led by a, an officer, Major General Josef Bischoff, um, who was uh, cut his teeth in the uh, world of German imperialism uh, before the First World War in Africa, where he uh, led the or uh, participated in the genocide against the Herero and the Nama peoples uh, between 1904 and 1906 in uh, what's now Namibia or was then German West Africa. And he fought on nearly every front in the Great War. Now, there is a fascinating history of the origins of Nazism and German fascism in general in the Baltic states. 
the um, figures such as um, Alfred Rosenberg, supposedly the, the theorist and kind of philosopher of Nazism, uh, though uh, one can't imagine a great deal of uh, robust philosophical thought going going into it, um, had been an emigre uh, from um, Tallinn in Estonia, where he'd been born in 1893, and he had um, uh, fled across the, um, the the border into Germany uh, after having fought uh, part of a kind of a guerrilla war uh, against the communists in the Baltic states. And there was this, um, there was a surprising number of Nazis who had either been German soldiers stationed in the Baltics fighting um, a rearguard action against the spread of communism, or they'd been ethnic Germans who'd lived there all their lives and returned to the Reich once um, the revolution had happened. And it gives you important clues here as to where um, the the kind of the the, the flow of anti communism um, comes from in in Nazi thought. Um, there are all sorts of um, indicators that this this kind of conflict had uh, enabled uh, people like uh, Rosenberg to kind of really kind of cut their teeth. Uh, in uh, fighting communism from an, uh, at an early point. The Latvian government uh, offered German soldiers who were facing very poor prospects on their return home to the Reich um, the, the vision of being able to settle in Latvia and farm the land to kind of colonise the land. Uh, and this would be part of the reward for fighting uh, against the, the communists. This is a very attractive deal. Uh, and certainly it, it brought uh, a number of um, adventurers uh, and uh, mercenaries and uh, those who were uh, looking to do something now that the Great War was over uh, through to the, to the east um, to fight uh, against communism. Many simply just wished to continue the war. Um, they were able to engage in the kinds of fighting now that made sense to them. These were men who perhaps weren't going to settle easily back into civilian life and enjoyed the camaraderie violence. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And um, discipline. Um, and to some extent, I guess, chaos as well, that war brought. And they used the term Freikorps. Uh, the Freikorps was a term originally used uh, during the anti-Napoleonic wars uh, from 1813 to 15, uh, which, and it was used by um, the German volunteers um, who fought following the Battle of Jena, where Prussia was humiliated by Napoleon. And it was these Freikorps who made a significant contribution to the downfall of Napoleon in the end. So they were men who looked to uh, to the past in order to find kind of inspiration in um, the most uh, desperately dire times for um, for Germany, uh, and they thought that the campaign in the Baltics would be an opportunity uh, to rekindle some of the martial spirit that might lead to the overturn eventually of whatever treaty was going to be imposed on them. And again, here are the, the kind of the, the ideas that are integral eventually to Nazism later on, these little seeds of, um, of thought um, and, and sentiment and emotion. When the, Balt- uh, when the uh, Freikorps arrived in the Baltics to protect the region, um, the Iron Division came under of Rudiger von Goltz, who was a general who had defeated the communists during the Finnish Civil War in early 1918. And the German forces, which were about 40,000 strong, uh, began very quickly to take on the, um, the Bolsheviks. Um, the offensive uh, in Latvia focused on the capture of the uh, most ethnically German towns, um, Göldingen, Vindal and Mittal. Um, and from here, the Bolsheviks were repelled. Uh, if you take any, uh, even a cursory glance at the uh, problems of the Red Army initially and the kind of the poor discipline and training and equipment and motivation of Red Army soldiers, it's hardly uh, difficult to see why it is they were no match for men who'd been fighting for the best part of uh, four years on a variety of, of fronts. However, the, the objective was the seizure of Latvia's capital, uh, Riga. Um, the campaign um, in Latvia is really quite different um, than it had been on the Western Front. At least on the Western Front, there had been clearly marked boundaries, there had been identifiable enemies. But in the Baltic states, uh, in Latvia, there was uh, chaos. Not only did Russians, Latvians, and even some former German POWs fight on the side of the Bolsheviks, um, often in uh, improvised uh, uniforms or disguised as civilians, um, which gave the Germans the sense that uh, they were fighting a, a guerrilla warfare, which the, the German army has always um fought with uh, immense violence, cruelty and brutality, you know, the execution of prisoners and all that kind of thing. But in addition to that, 
as I said previously, um, the the First World War had been mainly a war fought between armed combatants. These uh, this successor war in the Baltics in Latvia was fought mainly against civilians. Uh, Rudolf Hess, who would later become the commander of a commandant of Auschwitz, uh, wrote in his memoirs the ones he wrote before he was he was hanged. Um, the battles in the Baltic states were more brutal and vicious than anything I had experienced before. There was hardly a front line. The enemy was everywhere. Wherever the opposing forces collided, there was slaughter until nobody was left. So you have um, a, a, a unmistakable um, war of annihilation here. This account was um, given in 1947, just before Hearst was executed. Um, and in some ways, Hearst is trying to offer mitigation in the book as to why he behaved uh, as he did. Uh, but there is perhaps something to be um, said for the fact that um, a great many people like um, Hearst had initially experienced these kind of brutalising experiences too. Um, the campaign in the Baltic was uh, characterised by extraordinary violence and the targeting of civilians who were thought to, to have been uh, Bolshevik sympathisers. Um, for example, Robert Gerwitz writes, In Mittau alone, Freikorps soldiers executed some 500 Latvian civilians accused of aiding and abetting the Bolsheviks. A further 325 were killed in the towns of Tukum uh, and Jinaminda, um, although violence against civilians had certainly not been uncommon over the, pre the preceding four years, notably on the Eastern Front, it had remained exceptional, uh, at least within the general context of a major war between uniform combatants. After 1918, the targeting of suspect civilians by troops, no longer bound by conventional military laws and regulations, became the norm. And of course, as with um, all guerrilla wars of the 20th century, the um, native population um, who were associated with uh, guerrillas, bandits and insurgents become the front line of attacks and uh, violence um, as a direct result. There were stories that German soldiers told of their comrades being found uh, in the bushes, in uh, hanging from trees, their, their bodies mutilated, uh, and as a result, nearby civilians would then be uh, murdered uh, by German soldiers. This kind of strange co coalition between um, German volunteer forces and the Latvian government was uh, put under great strain by Freikorps violence against Latvian civilians. Um, and it falls apart completely uh, once the objective of the campaign, the um, expulsion of the Red Army, had been achieved. There was no need to have these violent uh, thugs of the Freikorps around anymore. Um, the Latvian People's Council um, declared independence from Russia in November 1918. Um, however... Um, Carlos Ulmanis, who was the US-educated strongman of the council, uh, thought that German soldiers might 
become uh, Latvian uh, land labourers, peasants and uh, journeymen, after the Red Army had been kicked out. The German general, Goltz, however, had uh, other plans. And when Ulmanis' government asked uh, for the withdrawal of the German troops, uh, the Germans staged a coup. On the 16th of April 1919, the Freikorps soldiers uh, replaced the government uh, with a puppet regime uh, which was run by Pastor Andreas Nidra, um, who um, it was clear was uh, open to furthering German interests. Um, this coup led to the Western Allies um, to demand the immediate return of Freikorps soldiers to Germany. In their eyes, the Freikorps had, was evidence that Germany had done a number on uh, the Western Allies. The Western Allies, who were still able to choke Germany using the Royal Navy and to starve Germany using the Royal Navy, were in, um, able um, to put immense pressure on Germany. The only reason why they had wanted the Freikorps in the Baltic states initially to begin with was to stop Russia. And now the seizure of um, the, the Baltic states, the creation of a puppet government, looked rather like... Germany was trying to still uh, annex territory in the east, something that was um, uh, unconscionable uh, whilst the Paris Peace Conference was going on and whilst there was a, uh, a the Treaty of Versailles was being uh, dis decided. Ebert's government had the perfect response. They simply told uh, the British and the French that if they, they wanted the Red Army back on Germany's borders... They could have that in an instant if the Freikorps withdrawn, either that or perhaps they could send their own troops to police the Baltic states. In May 1919, Germany seized um, Riga with immense violence and, and brutality and the, the mass murder of civilians um, who they thought had been acting as snipers and saboteurs. Um, and obviously the, along when with this came was a, a great deal of violence against women and sexual violence um, the fly in the ointment, of course, in this period of time was the uh, decision to sign uh, the Treaty of Versailles by the uh, the Weimar government. Um, whilst uh, German soldiers were still fighting and dying in the Baltic states and were still uh, believing themselves to be able to militarily advance the interests of Germany, they saw uh, civilian politicians in Germany or in France at the time signing away Germany's future as they saw it. The um, 14,000 troops in Latvia joined, then joined forces with the, the White Russian Army of the West, um, which was uh, commanded by Colonel Pavel Bermontavilov. Um, several months down the line, German volunteers were continuing to fight against um, Latvians um, and also the Red Army. They had been um, deprived of uh, any material support from Berlin. Um, the Freikorps' troops uh, initially, or increasingly, lived off the land and foraged and stole uh, as armies of occupation uh, tend to. Uh, tend to do, even though they were living off an already starving population. Um, and, and this led in turn to an increasing uh, desire by Latvians to fight to force the Germans out and to force also the, 
Red Army out too, and the part of the kind of the the, the Latvian uh, national movement and sort of national um, national myth is forged in this time um, as they saw themselves as a, a reaction to uh, both German and Soviet imperialism. Hungry German soldiers, and it was Hungary eventually that defeated the Germans in the Baltics as they retreated with loot and destroy farms. And uh, the the kind of the the, the ragtag remnants um, of the Freikorps uh, returned to Germany in late 1919, um, and it was uh, many of those men who went on to form the the groups that led to waves of assassinations across Germany in the early 1920s, particularly of Versailles politicians uh, such as Philip Scheidman. Um, anyway. Um, I've gone on far too long, so I hope you found that enjoyable and interesting, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. If you can offer some uh, support via Patreon, that'd be very kind, uh, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. All the best. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.